0: Hitting revenue targets is hard and requires constant hustle. Last quarter's success is already forgotten. Learn the mindset and tactics of today's most successful revenue producers in B2B marketing and sales. We call this the revenue hustle. I'm your host, Tom Hessen, navigating you on this journey. Today's show is sponsored by Nine Lenses, an interactive assessment platform that enables you to add instant value to your buyers and allows your sales team to tailor business conversations focused on the pain points each and every time. Check them out at NineLenses.com. Hi, this is Tom Hessen, your host of the Revenue Hustle podcast, and today's guest is Steve Frost. Steve, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, I am so happy to be here, Tom. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Yeah, well, I'm really excited about our conversation. Steve is the VP of and Managing Director of Revenue Research and Advisory at TSIA. He's got a really long history and background in sales. Um, Steve, why don't you give us a full intro as to what you're doing?
1: Well, uh, yeah, sure. I'll give you kind of what, what, I, what I have done, what I, what, I, what we're doing now. I guess I'll start with the, the later. So TSIA actually stands for the Technology and Services Industry Association. And um, we're, we're one of the more influential companies that you probably haven't ever heard of. Uh, We, we are a a for-profit research organization dedicated to the tech industry. And um, our job is to help our member companies, which are hundreds of member companies, every big name you think of all the way down to small names you probably don't think of, uh, come to us for, for advice on how to optimize and grow uh, their service and, and as a service business. So, Um, We got our start, you know, well, you know, almost 20 years ago, really focusing on the services side of technology. So if you wanted to know what your first call resolution rate should be for software calls in Western Europe, like we had that data. Or if you wanted to know what your utilization rate should be for your professional services in North America, we had that data. And so what happened with that Uh, is the whole industry moved from being powered by a traditional transactional sell the license, build, sell, ship um, with maintenance and support uh, to where everything was subscription and technology as a service, software as a service, platform as a service. Well, when all of these things became as a service, we knew how to make money in services, and that was something we've been studying for 15 years. And all of a sudden, the market just kind of shifts our way. So a lot of what we help companies with, on our member companies on the revenue side is, what are the best practices? What do you need to do to move the needle on selling as a service offers? And in some cases, there are companies that have really been selling hardware or traditional on-prem software, and they need to move to the cloud. Um, some of them are companies that have been born in the cloud, but they've got to figure out how to mature their business model because you can't just, you know, keep pouring money into that same startup mode. Eventually, you got to mature and they need to kind of understand what those best practices are. So um, that's that's TSIA uh, where we, we really try to operate on a framework of, of data, not opinion, not something we make up. Um so we we do benchmark studies with hundreds of these companies and we get you know under really strict nda and so they contribute their data to the community and we process and figure out you know how to manage it and what to do with it and i guess the last big thing about tsia is that we really you know our data is managed around the idea of outcomes uh, this is not tech research. There's no, you know, sorry, there's nothing magic about a quadrant. All right. Uh, There's, we don't do tech research. There's no pay for play. We're here to say, this is what good looks like. This is what you need to do to move the needle. And this is the fastest way to get there. And we're not going to, you know, we're not going to come in and do a, a big consulting contract we don't do the fishing but we're going to teach you how to fish and we're going to teach you how to do it the right way so um that's that's tsia i love it um i'm a nerd tom i've been geeking out on best practices my whole career uh which which started in like 1998 selling browsers for netscape do you remember that oh yeah oh yeah remember netscape tom
0: Yep. I, uh, that was the first browser I ever used in college. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Me, me too. Um, and and that, by the way, that that's, you talk about learning how to sell, um, that, you know, when you got to try to convince enterprise companies that they should spend $50 a head on software that they already have bundled on their computer, because Microsoft (laughs) argued that Internet Explorer was part of the operating system. Right. Um, Yeah, right. Um, that, that I, the thing is like we didn't even know how hard it was it's like oh we're just doing it and and like i think about it now like oh my god like how did we even do that <laughs> um but i've done just about everything you can do to make money for for a technology company um I've run sales i run inside sales i've i've been you know done strategic partnerships and and a lot of what we do at least from a revenue side now, you now i know you've got your rules of revenue and Um, A lot of it comes down, I spent um, almost eight years uh, early on at Google, and um, I was uh, one of their very first strategic partnership biz dev people, Uh, my job was to, to do, you know, kind of our first wave of partnerships with uh, internet service providers. So the Comcast of the world and and back when there was such a thing, Earthlinks and Cox Cables and AT&Ts and Verizons. I had, I had a deal stolen from me one time on the tarmac of the airport in Morristown, New Jersey by Steve Ballmer himself. So I feel <laughs> that that's a little bit of a, a badge of honor. Um, but um, But what I learned at Google that's really shaped a lot of our thinking at TSIA around this is that um selling is not evil and asking people for money in order to help them solve a problem is is a very helpful thing to do you know early on at google we realized that if someone was in their search bar remember when we had a search bar right you know you yeah, actually right. go to google.com and search all right if someone's searching for a dozen roses all right, <clears throat> we can sell them. We can show them, you know, results uh, that show you how to plant roses or things like that. But most of the time, they're doing that because they want to buy roses. Right. And selling them ads for those roses is actually more helpful to them than if we were to just provide them information. And so, as long as it's done in the right context, selling isn't evil. Um, most salespeople I know are are the most helpful and most. People-centric, customer-centric people out there, and and so I think sometimes we do get a little bit of a bad rap in this idea that that selling is selfish, or selling is, uh, you know, not in the customer's best interest. Right. So. Right. Um, but it's shaped a lot of our thinking on how we go to market at TSIA and, and how we, we, we help our member companies. So hopefully that gives you some background, probably more than you wanted Tom, but it, it was worth no, I it. I mean,
0: I um, think it's, I mean, I think it, 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 speaks to your diverse background and, and why you're such a good fit with TSIA. And, right. you know, I've certainly learned more and more about the organization. And now I see you guys popping up all over the place. It's like one of those things where you didn't even know to look, but, uh, like, as soon as you buy a car, you see that car everywhere on the road. I know there's, yeah. like a, there's a a name for that but um that, that's been tsia for me and so it's yeah, been. There's uh, probably
1: some german term that means exactly <laughs> that but we don't know you know
0: <laughs> yes yeah so that's why i've been really excited to have you on and um you know so steve you know we do these revenue rules you started to kind of just go down the first one there but go ahead just rattle off what's your first revenue rule
1: well, the mantra that, that we start with at TSIA is, is one that was coined by our CEO, J.B. Wood, um, probably six or seven years ago. And the mantra is this, helping will sell, selling won't help. And the genesis of that really came with this idea around services. And, and so when you look at any tech company, um, especially one that's been around for a while, if you look at all the touches that occur between a vendor and their customer, sales is just the tip of the iceberg. Right, just the tip. Um, if you add up the touches that are happening with support, um, if you're a company that sells hardware, your field services tax—they're actually you know the the guys and, and gals that go out in vans inside you know the company's environment and fix it. Uh, professional services folks who go out and actually install it and make it run. Now, customer success, which is really a, a huge and growing part of, of most as-a-service companies, rightfully so, by the way. And if you want to talk about why we think that, I'm happy to, happy to go into it. Um, but somehow, some way, um, services and, and sales grew apart during the course of you know somewhere between the 80s and and the dawn of the as-a-service world and there became this kind of Chinese wall um or or false barrier between them um maybe a better analogy is separation of church and state Mm -hmm. that hey we're in services we're the trusted advisor right we can't play a role in revenue generation because that will compromise our status as trusted advisor sales is off doing their sleazy sales thing (laughs) no we're here to help and And that's fine to a point, but when, when you are trying to help a customer um, solve a problem, or if you're trying to help one of your customers actually, you know, follow through on the promise of what you sold them, right, and actually uh, get the value out of their technology investment, Um, or you're helping them figure out what, you know, get to their desired business outcome. Selling is not evil. Selling is one of the most helpful things you can do. And that may, yes, it may involve them spending a little more money with you. But if you were a doctor and somebody, and there was a, a cure for what ailed you, um, right. But, you know, it was an extra, you know, four or five hundred dollars to go buy the medicine. The doctor wouldn't tell you, well, hey, don't go buy the medicine because, you know, I don't want to take any more money from you. Yeah, it'll make you better, but I don't want to sell it to you. Come on. I'm not I'm not a salesman. Um, right. But but that that's what we do is this mindset. So as we've really studied this idea of moving from a, a sales mindset to a revenue mindset which when you start to think about how the world works in, you know, in, in, a, in, a, trend, in a non-transactional, as-a-service, cloud-based world, um, the, the deal is, is just the beginning of a two-year relationship. You know, Tom, most, most as-a-service deals don't even get profitable until about somewhere between 18 and 24 months down the road. And if you look at it, you know, if you're lucky, if you're lucky, um, you're going to get a year's. you know most most asset service deals are three years, get and that that's both in our studies that's both the mean and the median. So it's it's mm-hmm. three years and is the standard. But you're going to be lucky, darn lucky, if you get a year of that three years up front. Probably won't. You know you'll be lucky if you get one month up front and maybe some setup fees. And so the vast majority of the money that's going to be changing hands between a vendor and their customer happens long time after sales has moved on. And right. that relationship is now under the purveyance of customer success and services. And by the way, we haven't talked about the virtual touch points yet, which are many, many multiples, the times of sales. And so it's in the hands of your digital customer experience as well. Right. So if those folks just have an orientation to do nothing but solve a problem and move on, um, you're doing your company and your customer a tremendous disservice. Because if you can use those, you know those interactions—digital, human, however they may occur—to advance the customer, to have a plan, to move them down, you know, farther in, you know, towards their goals and leverage the investment they've already made that's a win for everybody right so when we say helping will sell selling won't help you know you don't have to come at it with a you know i guess the biggest analogy i can think of is a lot of times you know for those of us who still have cable tv and haven't cut the cord yet i'm trying to by the way my wife will not let me do it she likes having a remote control and pop punching in you know channel 163 to watch law and order or whatever um
0: I have it hardwired into my house It's part of my HOA, so I literally can't get rid of it. I, yeah, I know.
1: Been- I, I hear you. Um, and, and, and those of us Gen X and above may, may be living with cable forever. I don't know. Um, but, you know, not, it isn't necessarily when you say helping will sell, selling will help. Like you call the cable and it's like, oh, yeah, okay, we've restored your service after the storm. Would you like HBO Max? You know, and that's not what we're talking about here. Right. What we're talking about is you see a problem uh, that is in the context of the, or, you know, an opportunity rather within the context of the problem the customers have. And um, when you can solve that problem, uh, you're, you're really doing everybody the right way. And so it, it, it helps. There's a lot of things you can do to make this happen. Um, we spend a lot of time helping our member companies figure out what offers they should put. Because if you're expecting that customer success manager to sell some complex enterprise deal, that's not going to happen. Right. But if it's getting them another feature or two or a little more capacity or a little more bandwidth to be able to do this, yeah, that's within bounds and that's helpful. Um, you know, If you've got a, 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 a field tech, who's out there and servicing, say, like an MRI machine uh, in a hospital and you notice the bed is worn. Um, Yes, sell them the extra mattress. You should do that. You shouldn't send leave that off to a salesperson. Like you're there. You're part of the company. You're helping. Nobody wants that. Right. Um, So preventative maintenance contracts. I I work, you know, MRI machines were on my mind because I work with a medical device company Uh, as one of our members. I talked to him yesterday and, you know, they we were trying to focus on like what's the problem that their field techs can solve and and one of the folks said you know well we have these ultrasound machines and the batteries go out but we can monitor it so that we can proactively replace the batteries when they're getting low the customer just has to buy the monitoring well i mean nobody wants dead batteries in an ultrasound tom like <laughs> You're going in. It's not hard to figure out the problem here. It's like you're going in. you're going to find out you if if you're going to have a boy or a girl and and you're doing the ultrasound and all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, no, I'm sorry, battery's dead. you know that that's not that's a problem not you have to convince people, but you know, and if you don't think that's helpful in in letting the, the that hospital system know that the battery is is not going to be out when you're not going to be operable. I you know, then I can't. I, Maybe maybe too far gone, but helping yeah. will sell. And if you really take that mindset, um not only is selling not evil or sleazy or anything like that, it's it's a profoundly helpful act,
0: yeah. and do you think that I mean, I, I see this a lot and and again, some people are you know more wired for um, hunting and and um you know, where you have to you know, the job's different, right? You, you, and and so when you think about the people on the service side, right, kind of the mm-hmm. post-sale, um, a lot of people don't think that's their job, right? They just don't, they, like, I'm the fixer, like, or I'm the trusted advisor in, in today's nomenclature, or the field tech, they're just out there to fix the problem, and they should close up shop, and, you know, I did my job, and I'm off. Mm-hmm. Like, so when you talk to these clients, and, you know, how do you, how are you helping how are they helping these people kind of expand their mind to say you know what sales isn't sleazy you you are helping right and they're just going to pay you for that service like how do you push that mindset down within the organization when people are sometimes very you know averse to dealing well, I, with money or asking there, there for a couple,
1: there's a couple two or three different things that I, i'd say that that you can do so if this is something you sound interested in, tsia Um, first of all, you can go to tsia.com and we have all sorts of, you know, even some, some free, uh, outside of the paywall info on how to do this and webinars we've done, et cetera. So it's actually there, but I'll give you two or three things that, that really make a difference. Um, and then I'll tell you a couple that won't, which kind of leads into my revenue rule. Number two, um, number one is what they sell is super important. So again, do you? One of the things that really moves the needle on this is: do you have offers that are optimized or created for this situation? Because again, you know, uh, somebody who is not a sales expert cannot come in and do a highly customized, highly bespoke deal with multiple layers of approval, right? Do do you have offers that solve a specific problem that someone in their situation? Uh, we'll run into on a regular basis and it is is it you know we use the acronym star. It needs to be simple, transactional, um, analytics driven, which I'll talk about in just one second and repeatable. And you know if it's executable by the person that you're on the phone with or your regular business contact and they don't have to go get multiple levels of approval and it's in the context of what you're dealing with, boy yeah, that's 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 what we're talking about. So what they sell is really, really important um the second thing that we see is 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 using data to make this easier you know if you um if i'm selling you life insurance and i come into you and talk to you in generalities i'm not going to do very well hey you know tom uh, you're a man in your you know mid to late 40s uh, men in their mid to late 40s uh, sometimes start having heart issues when they get older. So you should really think about this, uh, this insurance plan for people who get older. And, you know, it's, it's generalities. That's a very sales pitch. On the flip side, if I'm holding a copy of your EKG and it, you know, it's it, it, it's not ideal, like then it's like, hey, boy, you need to buy this. Right. And I, I, maybe life insurance is the wrong, maybe it should be whatever the, whatever the offer that's in contact. Right. right. But the point is like, when I know something about the customer, um, it's amazing. It's not selling anymore. It's literally helping. You know, we work with um, one of our members who's in networking equipment and um, they were having a hell of a hard time uh, getting their field you know, true account executives to sell some of their new add on offerings around monitoring around as a service, because it's a different sell than what they had before. So they had kind of these customer service type people, they were you know, kind of a hybrid sales service thing. So we're like, hey, let's try these guys. And so what they did now, I'm not going to name what company it was, but um, they had some offerings around security and network security and monitoring. And so they're like, where can we go and and how can we solve this? So what they did was they actually went to their support logs. Nobody in sales ever looks at a support log. Come on. That's not what we do, right? Sure. But at a macro level, we went to the support logs and said, okay, um, let's look for companies who have, you know, spend less than a half a million dollars a year with us. So not the really big ones, but have had more than 10 security escalations in support in the last year. And again, we found a problem that nobody really argues is a problem like second level security escalations are, you know, I don't really need to explain to somebody why they don't want that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, But they had tremendous success at that because when they called the customer instead of saying, hey, have you heard about our new security monitoring program? And here's the benefits and here's the features and here's all the reasons you should buy it. It's like, no, you had 10 security breaches last year. Would you like us to monitor this so we'll tell you proactively when you're having one? Yes. So, again, um, yeah, helping, that's a great yes.
0: example.
1: Yeah, data and analytics. We're not talking, you know, uh, we're not talking, you know, Amazon level AI here. Right, right. It's, the it's a spreadsheet. And and you have more data than you think, you just gotta know where to look. And if you think about this, this question and getting back to the helping will sell, selling will help. Um, if the customer is having a problem that you can solve, how would they solve it? What would they do? Who would they call? Would they go to your online help? Would they call your support line? Um, would they call their 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 tam if they have one. So if you start with that like what are the problems that that we can solve with our offers and how would we know if the customer is having this problem then you're you're looking at the data with a purpose instead of just trying to find you know someone wandering in the woods trying to find you know golden needle it's not it it gives you purpose and and reason so yeah
0: right well i you know i just was um, having this conversation in a, with, we, we, you know, nine lenses, my day job, we work a lot with consulting and advisory companies mm-hmm. and there's a big, um, challenge within consulting firms. Cause there's usually some person who owns the entire account, right? So if it's a, um, you know, an Accenture type or an accounting firm, like ENY, somebody owns the entire account right now, they don't, they don't, um, They're an expert usually in one thing, whether it be tax, could be, you know, audit, it could be IT, it doesn't matter, but somebody owns that account, but they have one area of domain expertise. But one of the biggest challenges that they have there is how do they get comfortable talking about or introducing to their customer things, other things the firm can sell. Right, mm-hmm. so you may be a an a you know an IT person or an audit or tax or you know whatever it is, but then you you hear your customer talking about a cyber issue and you know you have a cyber practice, but you're like I don't know anything about cyber. I I I don't want to bring somebody in and pitch my customer. This is kind of exactly what I I hear from you. You know maybe it's a different sort of industry like in healthcare, but it's that same idea. The person same, on the it's ground. It's the exact
1: same idea. Yeah, you you just don't want to waste those. And by the way, there's other things you can do. You know, we found that, um, you know, how, how easy you make that, uh, entry. So when somebody is in an entirely different line of business, um, if you've got a, a, a really easy to use form that they can put in, um, you know, where they can capture that information, pass it on. Um, it has to be a process. And by the way, we, as we always say, email is not a process. So, uh, Shooting you a note doesn't do it, but documenting it and actually putting something in place to handle it can. Um, no, but I'll tell you what. Here, here's the interesting part, and this kind of goes to my second rule, and we'll talk a little more about hardcore, you know, sales here in a second too. What didn't move the needle in incentivizing all these different, you know, service-focused uh, teams to uh, start taking some basic sales motions? Even around like lead capture and things like that, what didn't really matter was compensation. So I've had companies that I work with on this that uh, will pay their people like up to you know two percent of the deal that they find, up to five thousand dollars. And <clears throat> I've had and if they find a lead, or they you know discover something that turns into a sale, um or that they actually sell themselves. Or even that you know, but i've I've also had member companies that I work with who literally pay nothing but do some gamification and and um you know and 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 uh, and non-monetary recognition. And they do pretty well too. And so the, the amount of money you pay doesn't necessarily move the needle. And this is a shocker to a lot of sales leaders mm-hmm. um, because, We are under this impression that if we just change the comp plan, behaviors will change. Like we've all said it and we've all heard it like comp drives behavior, you know, salespeople are coin operated, which is, I mean, I guess so, but you know, I can put a a coin in the claw machine and it doesn't give me a game of Pac-Man. So it, it doesn't matter if you're not doing the right things. It doesn't matter what coin you put in. So the The second rule that I have <clears throat> across the board is the comp plan is not transformational. It just you cannot solve your big problems with the comp plan. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to tweak little behaviors between what salespeople already know how to do and what they're competent and confident doing, then yeah, you can you can you can move the needle a little bit. But we work, you know, we the, the two kind of big constituencies we work with at TSIA, Tom, are, you know, services based organizations, customer service organizations. But then when we work with sales and the broader executive team, a lot of times it's around the transformation from being a deal driven, transactional product and license company to trying to be one that's driven by subscription and cloud. And I can't tell you how many uh, VPs of sales or even COOs have called me personally and said, hey, Steve, we're trying to get our salespeople to sell the new cloud offer. Do you have an example of a good comp plan? Hmm. And my answer is, well, yes, I do. But you need to stop for a second. Because if you just try to, you know, incentivize them to sell this new offer with nothing but the comp plan, um, you will A, fail, um, most likely. B, you're just going to pay a lot of money for deals that are going to happen anyway. Right. But you're not going to get them to sell something they don't feel comfortable with.
0: Uh, That's a big word. Yeah, comfort. Go ahead, keep going.
1: Well, and then they and when I say comfortable with, it's not just that they feel comfortable with their own ability to pitch it; they also have to feel confident that you're going to be able to deliver it, you know, and that it's going to work, and it's not going to take an extra, you know, uh, you know, three x the deal cycle to get it done. And so, you know, if, if you ask me to sell something I didn't believe in or I didn't really trust it was going to work, or I didn't think I had the support on it from the organization, you could pay me three X, but I'm not going to ruin my relationship with the customer. Even if I know how to yeah. do. It. So <clears throat> what we tell people. Tom, and I don't know if you have, if you have any questions on just stop me here.
0: No, well, no, I think this is really, I mean, I completely agree with everything that you're saying. I mean, we hear this all the time. So I'm, I'm just an active listener here. So, um, no, you're you're uh, answering all my questions as you're you're just going from <laughs> one to the next.
1: Well, I'll tell you this. Here, here's what does matter, and I've said this, and I will shout this off the rooftops like a crazy man. Um, and maybe I am. My kids probably think I am already. But um, when we work with our member companies on making this transformation, we say, okay. And, and by the way, the, the flip side to compensation is training. That's the other place that that sales leaders turn when they think, oh, yeah, hey, we're going to sell this new offer. Let's just put some training on it. Training and comp, right? That's the, that's the solution. No, it, that come, that's important, but it comes last, not first. And so what we tell our member companies is start by getting into genuine alignment. Make a plan. Agree on the plan. You want to sell a new as-a-service offer? Great. A plan is not go sell as much of it as you can to whoever you want. And the plan is not, you know, sell to the new customers, but not to the existing ones. Right. That's not a plan. Like, what's your goal? What percentage of your revenue do you want to come from this new cloud offer this year, next year? Because figure that out. What's your risk tolerance? Because if you're going to go sell the new thing, it means you're jeopardizing your revenue streams from the old thing. So what are you doing? And you got to have a plan. And,
0: and do you find, you know, because I, I do see a lot of times where companies introduce a new product and then it falls flat, right? Yeah. And and it, it, it happens, and I I completely agree, people aren't comfortable or confident in their ability to sell it. You know, I didn't even think about, you know, you were talking about just, am I confident my company can deliver it, right? Usually I, I kind of just say, like, if they're not comfortable talking about it, they're just never going to sell it anyway, right? Um. But you're right, you know, where do you see kind of in a, you know, in a bell curve, like where do companies struggle the most with introducing these sort of capabilities? And, you know, is it the comp, or is, we know, it's the comp's not going to work, but like, where do you see most companies struggle?
1: Well, I, I'd say that it, 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 again, it depends, right? Um, a lot of it depends on just how different is the sale that you're talking about having them do from the sale that they were doing. And what's the, is the buyer different? Is, is the budget different? You know, I don't want to go too deep into it, but um, one of the places we see members struggle really badly is in managed services. So, you know, managed service is a whole different sell. If you're selling somebody, say, networking uh, equipment, um, that is a whole different sale entirely than coming in and say, hey, we're going to manage your network for you. Right. And in fact, if you're having the same people do that that sale, that's, I mean if you try to take that operational sales pitch to an executive, it isn't going to work. And by the way, if you try to take that we'll manage your network for you to the person who's running the network, you're liable to get thrown out of the building because.
0: You that's know, their job. That's yeah. Their
1: job. Yeah, exactly. Like, No, no, please let me lay myself off. That would be great. Um, so that, that's where I see them struggle is like, you know what, if it's just, you know, uh, if it, if you're somebody selling software anyway, and now you got a cloud module on top of the software, that's usually something that that people can get on board with because it's not that different. The purchasing is different, but the, the modality is a little bit different. But people can usually get there. Um, different buyer, different budget, different use case then that's a whole different story.
0: Yeah, and, and I see a lot of times people struggling going from they, they're, they're selling something transactional and now they want to sell something more complex, right? Mm-hmm. Where it, it's a more consultative sales process and they have no idea how to bridge that gap from transactional pushing product, number of units, volume, whatever it is to now a complex yeah. service or, you know, software.
1: Well, for anybody who's stuck around for the last 30 minutes or so, I, as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to give you like the I Ching, I'm going to give you the meaning of life here, okay, or that, 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 that nugget. Um, The DNA of transformation are KPIs, what you measure, the key performance indicators. And so, and I've said that and, and people look at me like I'm, but it's, we've seen it over and over again you know, and I'll give you an example from, from a sales perspective. So, you know, we talked about, can we deliver? All right. Um, a lot of times, well, let's talk from the sales side first. Um, I can change the comp plan and say, sell the new thing. Okay. But the new saying like our sales organization will not be optimized for. It. If you just change the comp plan and I can hit my number without selling a new thing, it's, it's again not transformational. Right. But if you give my sales leader a KPI that 20% of my revenue has to be from the new thing in two years, it changes everything. Not just the comp, right? It changes who I hire. It changes the competencies I'm looking for, skills wise. It changes my accounting. It changes yeah. the systems I build on the back end. Yeah, if you change the goals. Then you change how you get there. If you just say on the end we're going to pay you differently, you know, th- there's not that there's not that that true DNA. There's no,
0: yeah, there's no f- true forcing function.
1: No, right? no, and I'll tell you this too, where it's worse since I since we come from a little bit of the service background and for any salespeople out here, you force the issue on this one seriously. Um, you know, most service orders, especially professional services, the people are going to come in and do the implementations. Um, the 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 project based work they do is way more lucrative than any sort of lift and shift over to the cloud i mean it's more fun it's more lucrative now so you talk about kpis right if that service organization is running on its own pnl and they have to make their you know their profit number do you think they're going to hire people or invest in the capabilities needed to support the new offer? No. Not unless you change yeah. their KPIs. Right. And not unless you right. change what success looks like for them. Right. So right. so bottom line is, you know, if you want to make real transformation, so I said the comp plan is not transformational is rule number two. Um, if you want real change, comp plan isn't going to do it. If you have to transform your go-to-market comp plan is the last thing, not first. Uh, I spend so much time helping our member companies figure out what's your risk tolerance. You know, where do you want to be? What's your position? How fast do you want to get through this? Okay, because the, 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 uh, that determines the speed. It determines the aggressiveness. It determines a lot of the KPIs. It determines what we measure. It determines what goes on the dashboard. It determines what we talk about. Yeah. It determines who we hire, and so there's so much that goes into that. But if you just try to solve it through the comp plan, you're gonna wander in the wilderness for 40 years and not get there. They
0: wonder why it's not. No one's selling it. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, And then and then you can say hi to the PE firm that buys you. So
0: (laughs) no, no, that's great. No, I um I wasn't, you know, uh, I wasn't sure where you were gonna take that. Um, when I saw you write me that, that the comp plan is not transformational, but now I clearly understand. Um, you know, having been in sales, where people think you're right, um, people follow their behavior follows the comp plan, and um, I think we've seen there's just that's not that's not true, right? And you brought, did a fantastic job of bringing that out and you know talking about what does like the the KPIs and really forcing people's change. Um, now this has been great, Steve. This is. Um, you know, I think we could talk for another hour on a lot of these topics. We're just scratching the surface really on on some of these challenges that you are helping, you know, executives think about, right? And, and a lot of this is, um, I mean, it, it's not rocket science ideas, but it's really hard to get right. Right. Like just like some of these, a lot of this is learned behavior, but like when you say it, you're like, well, of course it sounds completely natural, Steve. I mean, that that makes sense to me when you talk about it, but it goes against a lot of norms that we've learned along the way, Um, you know, and and sometimes it's like, I think you're, you're forcing people to stop and think that, you know, they may not have done, they're just rushing to get a new product out or, or, you know, something like that.
1: Yeah, it it, it, all of that is important. And I I just, you know, that isn't to say that the comp plan isn't important. It is. It thats not to say that training isn't important. It's really important. Um, But if you just try to solve that problem, like you said, and it's a new thing, if it's a little new and a little different, you know, yeah, you can probably get there. But if you're really looking to, to do hardcore um, transformation from one business model to another, um yeah. You, Good luck. You yeah.
0: You need, you need, you need, yeah. Your yes. business yeah. needs to transform yeah. equally. Yeah. Well, Steve, where can we follow you online?
1: Well, I do a few things. Um, first of all, uh TSIA.com. I'm one of many um of, of researchers and and leaders at TSIA who are thinking about this stuff all day long. Blogs, webinars, all of us. We're at we're at TSAA.com. Um, I, you know, I'm on LinkedIn at Steve Frost, I'm on Twitter at, uh, at Steve Frosty, although um, I, you know, I, during football season, I kind of have to, you know, purge myself from Twitter a little bit, I can get lost real fast reading about, you know, conference realignment and, and fantasy football. So I, I, I divorce myself a little bit. Uh, I'm not yeah. an active person on social media. But most of what we do is through TSIA.com, uh, through the TSIA blog, through TSIA social media. I like I said, I've got we've got I've got an entire team uh, of people that is thinking about nothing but, you know, not just that as a service transformation, but the as a surface transformation as it pertains to your channel go to market strategy. Because if you think the, the as a service movement messes with your direct motion, wait till you see what it does to the channel. Because the channel, you built it all up (laughs) one way and that's been going that way for 30 years. And now all of a sudden, going to a subscription model like breaks everything. And so this is huge. Uh, I've got a a dedicated, really, really smart researcher who does nothing uh, but research on growth and renewal. So we've got an existing customer we want to treat them differently than just the way, you know, you're kind of one throat right. to model, like that doesn't right. really work in this world. So best practices for, for growing a customer into renewal, both from a small segment all the way up to the enterprise. So, and then we're talking about best practices and customer success, best practices in, in just overall um, data and analytics. So a lot of stuff there. It's not just me. Um, we, we, you know, like you said, you know, psia is one of those 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 companies that you just don't really notice until all of a sudden you find out what's there it's like oh my god like
0: (laughs) yeah yeah there's
1: there's
0: there's all sorts of good
1: stuff yeah absolutely come, come check it out it's 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 if you're in tech um it's worth the time
0: i i can concur and and i i've um was turned on to TSIA uh last year and and now um I'm reading a bunch of your stuff so that's why I've been so excited to have you on Steve uh thanks for coming on sharing just a nugget uh or two about um things in the tech world and 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 selling and and the transformation that comes with it this has been really helpful uh so thank you again and let's do it again soon
1: hey look forward to it Tom we'll see you uh, hopefully uh hopefully around all, all the best
0: right. thank you thank you Thank you for tuning in to The Revenue Hustle. This episode has been brought to you by Nine Lenses. Close more deals with interactive assessments. Check them out at NineLenses.com. See you next time.